Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Welcome back to Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive. We've been diving into classes of Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and tonight... We're bringing you everyone's favorite scout, the eternal loner in the woods, and the best animal tamer in all of Galarian, the ranger. I'm Chad, and tonight I have with me Beth. Hello. And Sarah. Hi. But first, let's derail this topic a bit with a forum post. Beth? Heck yes. So, on the forums, and linked in the description of this podcast, there is what I like to call a mega thread. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, called Take Up of Second Edition. Now, this is pretty long. Um, at the time of this recording, it's at 914 posts. Hmm. But the topic has switched as the flow of conversation tends to do, uh, as the thread has continued. And I specifically wanted to talk about the current topic of conversation, which is character creation and the character creation process. There's a, I would say, a hot take. Yeah, we'll call it a hot take. How, that... how hot? Are we talking like <laughs> Arizona dry heat hot or like New Orleans swamp hot or like... 90 we'll, degrees? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with Arizona dry heat. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so this hot take is that without a third-party piece of software, you cannot create a character. Or not that you cannot, that it is very difficult. Yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I was going to say, how do we feel about that? I think I've mentioned this before. This is my first TTRPG experience. Uh, like, my friends have played, but Pathfinder 2 is my first actual foray into TTRPGs. And, like, I didn't find it hard at all. I mean, How long do you think it took for you to make your, your care? Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because I like to be finicky about developing characters um so i mean it probably took me a little bit longer but honestly like reading through the core rulebook and just with a character sheet i don't know half hour yeah and i would say that that's pretty dang quick i know yeah. my first character probably took me about an hour to create what about you chad my first pathfinder 2 character uh, probably took me about an hour to an hour and a half, but that's because I was playing with all the options. It wasn't really confusing, but I will say that the third party uh, options for this, like, such as Hero Lab, like, they're not exactly bad. They're good, but you can definitely get away with just using a book. I definitely agree. And I also agree that the third-party resources that we do have are very helpful. So in that, the two that I was going to get was going to mention, uh, and I'm positive that there are more, uh, but there is Hero Lab that you mentioned, Chad. Now, that is a pay service. Mm -hmm. it, I think it's subscription-based now. Yeah, it is. And then there is Path Builder, which is only on Android. Mm hmm. Okay. I wanted to make sure that it was on Android and not um, OS. Finally, something for the Android users. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm a big Android person, but I also don't want to get in a fight with Chad tonight. So. Oh, I don't care. Oh, bull. You care a little bit. Uh, let me see. A little bit, but not enough to fight. Fair. 
I'm also tired, y'all. Just good night. Later. Um, no, but, <laughs> Chad signing off. <laughs> see ya. Uh, but no, uh, I can't find any other options for the Mac than just getting the Hero Lab right now. In the future, I hope there's more options, but that's my yeah. one for now. And I would definitely say if you're one of our listeners and you know of another one, I haven't looked into PC Gen. Actually, let me do that right now and see if PC Gen has Pathfinder 2. I also don't know if they have Mac resources, uh, but PC Gen was a free application that I found to be really, really helpful. The other, the other thing I do want to mention, and it's not a, it's not an application, it's a website, but I think that uh, Archives of Nethys is really, really helpful, too. Oh, it's been amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. here's the thing. It's not necessary. No. It's not something that you uh, have to have. It's very, very nice. And I recommend that people go to Archives of Nethys and uh, support them. But it is not in any way a requirement. You could easily keep that very thick book next to you the every session. Yeah. Or, you know, buy the PDF. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Just then, control F. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that exact same thing. <laughs> Just uh, search your way through that PDF, man. One day, I, I would like to see publishing companies come out with uh, interactive PDFs where like if it references a rule and you click on it, it'll take you to that rule. The dream. You're such a dreamer. They do have bookmark on their PDFs. Yeah. So that's good. Just I'm waiting for the day where I can Wikipedia a book. (laughs) You know what I mean? Where you get Mm -hmm. into the rabbit hole of Wikipedia by clicking on things. Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting post by this person who I can't even pronounce their name. It's not a real name. Uh, (laughs) Their forum name. I mean, true. Their username. How would you how would you how would you pronounce their user? I have no idea. Hang on. Uh, Yeah, I got to take another look at it. I forgot that's what the name was. A-O-X-O-M-O-X-O-A. Ayaxamakasuka! It's a palindrome, and that's what matters. Okay. Sure. We'll go with that. Xmexa. I do like a couple of posts down is actually a person I know who is like, this claim is bogus, which just cracks me up, because I'm pretty sure no one uses that word anymore. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people were like, uh, no. Uh, further down in the post, someone gave a, uh, kind of like a prompt of like, you should create this character. And another person was like, okay, I did. It took me 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Not hard. Right. I don't know. I, uh. I do think that online tools are helpful, but uh, definitely not necessary. I would say that in this case, the person should first focus on finding a group to play with. <laughs> that is true. At that point, they will ha- hopefully have a GM that can help them through the character creating process. So one of the things, uh, that's actually a really good point. One of the things that I find really helpful in new systems and we did this for the playtest too, is create characters together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, walk through each of the steps, take a look at the options that you have, and then sleep on it for a week. Yeah. Because you don't really know if you really like the idea of your character at that first creation. Right. Or you want to just tweak a couple of settings. So that's what I would recommend for new players. Or uh, in case you want to change your character size to small so that everybody in your party can have a small character and you'll never be able to hit things that are flying. 
Oh, that's so good. <laughs> wow, that was a pretty bad dig at Chad. I don't know. I felt like it was a pretty good idea. We should make <laughs> Nigel small. I'm sure oh, there's what? a spell for it. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. Beth, can you put something in the campaign? No. Yeah. Some sort of shrink ray. Or it's just like we step on a rune and all of our sizes get reversed. Nigel's the only small one, and we all become medium. If that's the case, then I would make his owl a large creature. Oh, yes. yes. I want Sebastian to be large. (laughs) That would be pretty fun. And his hoots are just deafening. Except he can also just talk. True, but I just want him to hoot. He just says the word hoot. You guys are too much. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into our main topic of the night. The ranger. Now, one of the first questions we usually ask when we first start talking about a class is, how many of us have actually played one? Are we asking that right now? Yes. I believe she just did ask that. (laughs) Well, it was phrased as a topic. I don't know. So... (laughs) If we are asking that right now, then I have played one in D&D 5e. Uh, technically, I've played one. I usually don't mention this as experience. I, I did like a one-shot in college, and I played the typical half-elf ranger. Hmm. You played the Legolas? I mean, it was, it was a one-shot, and it did not end up very well. <laughs> That's interesting. I did not know that. Uh-huh. I was tempted to play a ranger once, and this is in uh, D&D 5th Ed, and I did the math, and I made the characters, and decided that the better ranger was a fighter who used a bow. Okay. And that kind of leads me into my first point. I, I, I feel really bad, guys, because clerics were last week, and rangers are this week and neither class am i like super into oh i feel like we saved the classes that i'm the least interested in until last with one exception okay you can't hear me but i'm grinning (laughs) you're right i cannot hear grins (laughs) the the exception being the sorcerer but that is not today's I love sorcerers, always have. That was at 15 years old when my boyfriend brought me to the gaming table. That is what I decided to create because 3.0 is really known for its uh, quick learn on the magic system. That was sarcasm. I felt like that was sarcasm. (laughs) It was. (laughs) It was. It was the absolute worst thing I probably could have picked. Uh, But I loved my sorcerer. And, by the way, she was a sorcerer, not a sorceress. The class is sorcerer. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Okay. We're not talking about that. Is there another class for sorceress? No. It's just the class is sorcerer. So that's what it is. She was a sorcerer. Fight me. (laughs) Okay. Chad, I think you'd lose. I would. You can at me. It's at P-H-A-Y-E underscore J. Please at me all you want. Will this be a physical fight or a verbal? Because I will lose either one. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of fight you want to go, huh? Huh? I'll lose in all of them. (laughs) You know what, Chad? It's a duel. You get to pick your weapon. Oh, yes, I'd choose a cat. Ooh, that will hurt so much. I'll just throw a cat at you. It's been five minutes, and we are off the rails tonight. Well, that was the idea. Anyhow, let's get back to the ranger. We don't We don't have our normal wrangler here. That's true. Uh, David is uh, uh, occupied this evening, so he wasn't able to join us. He's the one who normally keeps us on topic. So what's the fantasy of playing a ranger? When you when somebody says, hey, I'm going to play a ranger, what do you think of? I mean, I'm just thinking of one of those highly camouflaged, they're sneaky, but they're elegant, and they just blend in with the trees. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm just thinking of forest elves and also Legolas from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> 
I think a lot of people do actually think of Lord of the Rings elves when they think of rangers. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's the dream of like being, oh, I'm a sharpshooter with a bow and arrow. I don't miss. And I look super elegant the whole time. Yeah. I would definitely say when I made my ranger uh, that was actually a fighter, <laughs> that's exactly how I built her. She was an elf, you know, with a bow. And like, that was the kind of character I was creating. I think a lot of people think of forest dwellers of some sort, um, someone who is sort of one with nature, but not in a druid way. So the one of the comparisons that I usually use, which isn't necessarily accurate, but is kind of the fantasy for me, is like a non-religious druid. Yeah. Hmm. There's not necessarily the spell preparation, although many rangers and many systems have cast spells. That never really was, to me, a core part of the fan. So, and as we'll talk about later, I was not upset when they removed spells. Who needs spells when you've got spell arrows? Yes, that. Mm -hmm. I'm with you 100%. I don't know what spell arrows are, but I'm in it now. Uh, enchanted arrows. No, I'll I'll look it up. There's there's a thing. Um, so there's that typical idea of a ranger. There's also a typical woodsman or woodswoman. You know, go out to the woods and just want to be alone. Typically, making fires and cooking out there. Sometimes have an animal companion. I'm trying to think if there's any other typical ranger ideas. There definitely is, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention it. A lot of people, when they think about a ranger, think of a very specific person, and that would be Drist. Do either do either of you know who I'm talking about? Do you know who that is? Say the name again. Drist Dwarden. Nope. Now, please tell me I'm butchering that, because I definitely am. I'm, I'm out on this one, Beth. I do not know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't know. Trist? I'm almost thinking, are you thinking of Triss? Or no. What's her name from no. Hunger Games? Yeah, Trist Dwarden. No, I'm sorry. Give me a second. So... Drist is a character from a novel uh, created by R.A. Salvatore. This was a D&D novel uh, based in the Forgotten Realms campaign set setting. I think the first book was released in the 80s, something like that. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. And he is a dark elf ranger who dual wields sword. And it became kind of a meme in the late 90s uh early 2000s of everyone wanted to play this character <laughs> a, you know a drow ranger who was actually you know a good guy uh because drow are typically evil in most of forgotten realms it, it was interesting so i think that a lot of people took those books that were widely popular and based their characters off of it. So the first trilogy is called The Icewind Dale. Uh, this also spawned a couple of video games. I want to say that he was, yeah, he was in Baldur's, which is probably the most famous D&D uh, video. But yeah, I think that if we're talking about the fantasy of a ranger... That's something that people think about, for sure. He, most fan art of him and actual art, he is hot. Just FYI. That's an important note. It definitely is. Yeah. I figured out what I was talking about, and what I was talking about was spell strike ammunition. Oh, okay. That's what I was talking about. When I said spell arrows, I was missing a very important word, and it was the strike part of it. Yeah, no, no, no. Now I know what you're talking about. I, I am on board. I do not, but I accept. 
<laughs> I mean, so basically, uh, you put a spell into uh, some ammunition that you have, and then when you hit with that ammunition, it releases the spell. Okay. So it's like a two-in-one. Yeah, it gets pretty pricey, though, if you're gonna, like, buy them. I'll bet. That's why you just get a wizard in the party so that they can enchant your arrows for you. Hey, wizard, want to spend some downtime for me? Bingo. I'll pay you, but not the going price. <laughs> I'll pay you for the material. I'll get you some fresh food from the wild. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll help you not die in the wilderness. Want some pelts? That's about all I got. <laughs> I'll trade you some furs for it. Okay. All right. Moving on to the differences between first edition and second. When looking at the ranger, the big thing, and I'm not talking any archetypes, nothing like that, just the base ranger. The main draw was favored enemy and favored terrain. So you would pick a favored enemy that you would get bonuses again. And so that could be undead, that could be evil outsiders, that could be magical beasts. But you couldn't pick just humanoids. You'd have to pick like humanoid gnomes or humanoid orcs. They have to have a subtype, which to me felt very limiting. Whereas you could also just pick animal and just be up against all animals with a bonus. And it gave you a plus two weapon attacks along with skills against those creatures. Later levels, you also got to pick different subtypes. So eventually your favorite enemy could have started as an animal, but then later you wanted to pick elves. You're like, I really hate elves. I'm really good at shooting arrows at their head. And then, like I said, favored terrain. So that would be cold, desert, forest, jungle, things like that. And you would get bonuses in those. The other big difference between first and second edition is that you were a caster in first edition. You got access to first level spells at fourth level. So you weren't a great caster. You could only ever get fourth level spells, but you did have some casting ability. But mostly it was focused on, do you hunt things good? Great. There you go. And you got bonus. I also wanted to bring up a class called the Slayer, because in my opinion, the Slayer does Ranger really, really well, and the second edition Ranger really fits with the Slayer theme almost better, just with that Ranger theme. So the Slayer came out in the Advanced Class Guide. It is considered a hybrid of the ranger and the rogue. And one of the things that they got was something called study target, where you studied a target and you got bonuses against that single target. Now, I bet that kind of sounds familiar uh, to the second edition ability, which is called hunt prey. Those, to me, are very similar abilities. Something that Slayer got, because it was a rogue hybrid, they did get a sneak attack. Well, that's pretty handy. Yeah, they also got something rogues had called uh, talents. They got Slayer talents, (laughs) uh, which were similar to rogue. I, I just wanted to mention them. They also didn't cast spells. So I just think that when it comes to the current ranger, Slayer does fit that really well. Uh, as well as, of course, the uh, first. Now that we've kind of talked about where the ranger has been, let's talk about some of the current options that you take. 
what are some of the ancestries that really fit with the sort of ranger theme? We've already mentioned elf, and I think in with that fits half-elf. Definitely. Those definitely fit that sort of wild theme. But what else fits? Goblins. <laughs> you know, I was... I was waiting for somebody. I was going to let somebody else say something, and I just... I held it in as long as I could. I know. I absolutely agree with you. So they get ability bonus to dex. So if you're going for a dex rogue build, because you can pick, Dex or strength is your primary stat. If you're going for a dex build, I mean, who doesn't like a charismatic ranger? Yeah. Goblin. But they're they're the perfect, perfect fit. I would also just personally, I think the half orc fits really well. So half orc is a human heritage, but it fits really well. So you get many of the bonuses that you would from a human. Mm-hmm. I also like the idea of someone who may have had a rough time of it, being shunned by family. Yes. You know, being half work, sometimes your lifestyle can lead you to be a loner. Not always, but half elf is kind of the same. So the idea that maybe you would just take to the wilderness and be on your own, I like the fit of that. And of course, I have to, you know, say, essentially, humans are good for everything, right? Isn't that what uh, David always says? Yeah, I think somebody has to say David's line. Yeah, Humans are OP. Got it. No, no. <laughs> it's that humans are good for everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, but instead of, like, a studied human, I would personally say half or Moving on from there into backgrounds, obviously any background would work. Yeah. But a couple that might fit thematically, Bounty Hunter. Definitely. What's another one? Animal Whisper. Is there a hermit? Yes, there is. There's a hermit, a herbalist. Both of those are some pretty good options. Is that a hard H or not? Herbalist? Depends on if you're American or... Ah, that makes sense. For some odd reason, I picked up uh, some British spellings and ways of saying things. I don't know where. Uh, Herbalist being one of them, or herb being one of them. Um, Another one is ton. I spell it T-O-N-N-E. You moved on too fast for me to say uh, herbalist fully loaded. Ooh. That's a good one. <laughs> Ouch. That hurt. That actually hurt. Oh. Like, I, I'm pretty sure you just rolled a nat 20 on my mentality. I took mental damage. Oof. It wasn't. Uh, I, don't, I mean, okay, it was pretty bad. I don't think it was that bad. I no. mean, t- tell my lower IQ that. <laughs> hey, Beth's lower IQ. <laughs> Sorry, but I just went down two points. You can't tell me it didn't hurt. All right, anyway. Uh, Nomad would obviously be a pretty good choice. Scout. Desert Tracker. Desert Tracker. By the way, Scout is what I think Rangers should have been named, just FYI. I think that Scout is better than Ranger, just as a naming. Ranger, I hardly know her. Please stop. <laughs> I beg of you. Do I... you just want me to leave? Like, I can just... I approve of that pun. Leave and let you guys no. Look, record this like, without me. Normally I, I would say, no, please stay, but I'm not sure how, mi- how much more damage I can take before I'm knocked out. <laughs> uh, me and all my meaningful contributions. Uh, it's, it's just been a day of puns, apparently. I guess welcome to Dice Don't Die. Alliteration and puns are our thing. you darn right. Basically. There's also Hunter. Yeah. And I don't know what this one does, but I just saw Mammoth Speaker. So I kind of... I'm sorry, what? I'm interested. 
I have never seen Mammoth Seeker. Where is this one from? But basically, you were tra- you were really good at taming mighty mammoths. Where are you seeing this? Can you link this to me? I'm on Hero Lab right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. I was gonna say like I I know I missed our bit about Pathfinder One, but like the archetypes in Pathfinder One always have such cool names. Oh, I know. They really do. I was looking at the ones for Rangers earlier, and it was it was like Galvanic Saboteur. Sign me up. That's so cool. What was that again? Uh, Galvanic Saboteur. That kind of sounds like something from Doctor Who. <laughs> I mean, it basically like gives you the ability to control constructs instead of animals. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's a really cool sounding name for one thing, and cool sounding ability. Uh, okay, guys, I say we switch back to Pathfinder One. Let's just <laughs> ditch all of the campaign we've been working on and go to that. Uh, Mab- Mammoth Speaker does look pretty cool. Like you have learned secrets of the megafauna. Mwaha. <laughs> I will say that a lot of these. That we've mentioned, Hunter, Mammoth, Speaker, some other ones, have given the nature skill. And as a rogue, you're already going to get the, the nature skill. So when you take something that allows for two skills like that, you would just pick another skill. And I enjoy doing that so that you can get, you know, your free choice of your skill. So Well, I, I think a lot of them just thematically fit, too. Yeah. So let's get into the meat of it. Ranger. They're pretty cool. They are. You get strength or dex, which I'm sure I've mentioned before, but is still one of my favorite things about Pathfinder 2, is that a lot of the classes have a choice between what your main stat is. Was that not a thing in uh, Pathfinder 1? Uh, so, kind of. Not really. Uh, we didn't have, in Pathfinder 1, key abilities like you do in Pathfinder 2. You could have built a strength or a deck range, but you didn't get any bonuses for it. Gotcha. I like that you get a bonus to your ability score right away from your class. I, I like how Pathfinder 2 does ability scores versus Pathfinder 1, which in Pathfinder 1, I would always use point buy. So you were given uh, points, and then you could buy your score. So that way, everybody is essentially on the same playing field versus rolling. You you never know if somebody's going to roll three 18s. Which would be insane. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But... That is the luck of the die, right? There is a probability, Uh albeit small, that you could roll six 18s in a row. That probability is slightly higher if you use Google Dice Roller. Oh, come (laughs) on. (laughs) I'm never living that down, am I? No. You use Google Dice Roller one time as a GM and you kill half your players and all of a sudden there's a mutiny. (laughs) And all of a sudden. (laughs) Insanity, I tell ya. I mean, I actually am saying that because I also used it to roll a character once. Never again. And they turned out insanely strong. Yeah, apparently Google Dice Roller is not random. Who knew? Definitely not me. Until half my players died. Yep. That's fine. Close enough. Spoilers for the uh, Age of Ashes camp. So anyway, you get all of the the stuff that you would expect. You're an expert in uh, perception. You have expert in both reflex and fortitude. You get nature and survival. The one thing I would say on spells is that you only get four plus your intelligence modifier. I personally think that that should be a little higher, but it's not the end of the world, right? Like, it's not gonna make or break a character. You get simple and martial weapons. You get access to unarmored defense, medium, and light armor. And then 
what I would say the core of the ranger is the ability Hunt Prey. So in Hunt Prey, you get a plus two bonus to perceptions checks when you're seeking that prey. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a, a one action ability that you do have to concentrate on. And you can only have one thing targeted at a time. You can only have one hunted target. But once you have that, you get bonuses against them. You uh, ignore penalties for ranged attacks with your range increment. That target is not getting away from you. And that's pretty nice. And then like all of the other classes, they have their sort of specialization. And for the ranger, it is called the hunter's edge. And so we have three edges to pick from. Flurry, Outwit, and Precision. Flurry is probably my favorite, just because you get a decreased multi-attack penalty against your hunted target. So if your goal is to make as many attacks against a single target as possible, that's the one to go with. Sounds like a monk to me. <laughs> I mean, it is called Flurry. Yeah. Uh, why didn't David play this? Good question. Probably because <laughs> he doesn't like animals. I don't know. He has Sebastian. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, then we have Outwit, which gives you additional bonuses uh, against your prey uh, for skills. So deception checks, intimidate checks, stealth checks. As well as you get a plus one AC bonus against your hunted target. Which, that's not too shabby. Yeah, no, it's Flurry if you want to do a bunch of damage. Outwit if you want to take less damage. And then Precision allows you to take additional uh, Precision damage. So you get an extra D8. So if you want to kill things quickly. Hmm. Which is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like the other two are more flavorful. I don't know. The precision for me is like that sniper. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have that bow and you're like, mm, nope, I'm going to put this arrow right between your eyes and kill you dead. Especially if you have like a long bow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One hit is all it takes to drop somebody. So, for me, Precision's actually my favorite one. What about you, Sarah? Which one's your favorite? Mm, I would probably also say Precision, and it's because of what I just said with the longbow. Like, if I'm going to play a ranged character, it is going to be as ranged as possible. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I definitely get that. I played a sniper in a Starfinder game, and those sniper rifles, you can get, like, thousands of feet back. Oh, man. But it's still pretty cool to be that far away from something and take a shot and it drops. Yeah. I'm just, okay, so now I'm imagining a ranger with a composite longbow with precision with spell strike arrows. Mm-hmm. This is a good concept you got going. I might have to, I might have to make that. Don't tell me you're also going to kill off your alchemist hey 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 no 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 i would never ashka's perfect and i love her she is pretty great exactly sunny on the other hand just kill oh stop it <laughs> i love sunny i'm not doing it yeah you guys are just gonna lay your characters at my feet and say all right kill them off now <laughs> and then blame it on me i would never ask such a hard task of you i would do it myself if i really wanted to Oh, jeez. That's hilariously <laughs> awful. No, I think we love our characters too much to do that. That's probably fair. There are certain characters in Age of Ashes that if something were to happen to them, I would be very upset. Age of Ashes has got some good personnel. Agreed. So, that is kind of it for their core abilities. Just a reminder that Hunt Prey does require you to concentrate. 
Yeah. It, I also like that you can, you have to be able to see or hear your prey. Mm-hmm. Not both. Right. It's, it's an or. Mm-hmm. And so I think that gives really interesting connotations to like being able to shoot somebody without being able to see them. Mm-hmm. So I think you could have some fun with that. Oh, mm-hmm. definitely. I definitely agree. So let's talk feats. Because I do think the ranger feats are pretty cool. And the first one I want to mention is twin takedown. Because twin takedown allows you to dual wield weapons and as a single action hit with both. Now you still take your multi-attack penalty. Correct. So your first strike is at no penalty. Your next strike is with, uh, depending on the weapon, negative five or negative four. But it's one action. And then I believe you add the damage altogether for, you know, just for the sake of the resistances for the creature you're attacking. Correct. So you don't get double the, you know, effectiveness against resistance. But still, it's a great action. No, but for weaknesses, if you're fighting something where, let's say, you're dual-wielding daggers Mm -hmm. and they have piercing resistance, both of your attacks would together break through that resistance. So a little bit of give and take on that. I like it. I'm confused by that because I believe the way it's worded is that all the damage is calculated up as one hit, basically. Correct. So if they have a resistance, say they have resistance three slashing, Mm -hmm. and each of your daggers do four damage, normally it would be one damage from one dagger, one damage from another dagger. That's not how it would work in this. The way it would work is you would have uh, four damage plus four damage is eight damage minus three. So you end up doing five damage versus the two you would have done before. Okay. Do you see my my math on that? Mm-hmm. Now, weakness would be the same way. If they had weakness against slashing, instead of taking double that twice, so if we're using the same example where you have uh, uh, daggers that do four damage each, instead of taking 16 damage, they would do... Actually, you'd still do 16. Quick maths. Yeah. You still would do 16. I'd have to see the equation. Huh. Anyway, I like that it adds together. And twin takedown is super useful because you get to use that one action to do two attacks. And typically speaking, like we typically do like two attacks around. And then because that third attack with a minus 10. It's just so painful to even attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why bother? And this one lets you use two attacks, one action, and use the other two for like movement or going to help an ally, give them a potion or something like that. Much more useful. Absolutely. But if you're also using flurry, that makes the penalty not so bad because your multi-attack penalty with an agile weapon would be <laughs> negative two and then negative four. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> if you're going to do a wheel, go with Flurry. So, yeah, the, the twin takedown build is pretty I also like that it is a first level feat. So fighters also get a uh, dual wield option at first level, but it's different than this. So it kind of, you get to pick your flavor. Mm-hmm. Also, I really like you can pick an animal companion as your first level. Who doesn't want an animal companion? Everybody wants. Of course. And then like we mentioned, at fourth level, you can take favored enemy. And I think also at fourth level, you can take favored brain. No, at second level, you can take favored. I really like favored enemy in second edition. Because your options are animals, beasts, dragon, or plants. And fungi and plant are considered the same. What if, are, are humans beasts? What, what do I choose if I want to hunt humans? I think you choose murderer. Yeah. I don't see that listed. 
Right, because it doesn't let you be a murderer. But Beth, it's the most dangerous game. <laughs> oh, how did I not? I knew that was where it was going. <laughs> Beth's going to kick me out of the game. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. No, favorite enemy specifically says wild creature. Oh, that okay. Mm. That's fair. So you cannot take this. The advantage of it, though, is that when you see this type of creature, you get to hunt prey as a free action. And you can use it even if you haven't identified the creature with a, re- with a recall knowledge. Ugh. Yeah. Huh. That's, that's crazy. That's pretty great. Now I have to figure out which one allows you to be a murderer. Rogues. <laughs> Rogues. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. What was it someone said to you, Sarah, about rangers and rogues? <laughs> uh, basically, like you can just make a ranger if you just have a differently flavored rogue. That you don't always have to be an edgelord? Oh, yeah. Uh, nobody wants to hear all about your knife collection. <laughs> it's true. I don't. Uh, that got real. <laughs> Because let me tell you, that conversation has actually happened <laughs> at a gaming convention. Ooh. It happened. Uh, the other thing that I really like about Pathfinder 2 Rangers is that snares are not only a thing, but a thing you can specialize in. Huh. You can take a bunch of feats that just, you're a trapper. And you, that's your thing. You trap people in your snares or beasts or whatever. You can be a snare specialist. I feel like it would take a lot longer to play that game because you'd be like, all right, I sneak into the woods and I set a bunch of traps and then I stay here until something falls into my trap. (laughs) Yeah, but you could be doing that while your paladin prays for the fifth time this day. Darn right. (laughs) I'm going to pray for someone to fall into that trap. See, there you go. <laughs> but it is a fun way to kind of turn the tables around on the GM, who would usually be setting up the traps for the players. Yeah, absolutely. This ranger would get to play a little bit of GM for just a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> Until, you know, the person doesn't step in the trap and you're just like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. No, I I really like that. I like that there are definitely paths you can take. You know, if you're wanting to be the bow specialist, there's tons of feats for you. Well, I don't know if I'd say tons. There are a lot of feats for a ranger. Um, I'm pretty impressed with the list. Like, we're not talking just one level 20 feet. Like, they've got five that you can choose. So that's good. Ooh, I found the, the blind fight feat. Oh, yeah? So, like, what I was talking about earlier, if you can hear, mm-hmm. um, basically, you just have really honed battle instincts, um, and you don't need to, like, succeed, while well, at a flat check, to target concealed creatures. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You're also not flat-footed against creatures that are hidden from you, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's also available to fighters and rogues. And also, you can make your animal companion a dinosaur. That's pretty great. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Which one is that? There's a raptor of some sort. I forget what it's actually called. Specialized companion? Is that the name of the feat? Well, one of the actual animal companions you can choose from the beginning is like a raptor. Oh, so you can just always have a dinosaur. You can just always have one. Oh, that's cool. Which also means that as a druid, you can turn into one. <laughs> you can turn into a dinosaur. Yes. Just dinosaurs all the time. Yes. I I don't hate it. Surprisingly, I don't. Well, how do you all feel about the ranger? I love the ranger. It does look pretty fun. I, I'm going to say that 10 out of 10 for fitting the fantasy of what I think of a ranger should I still think that there are improvements that can be made in choices, but that's on- our choices are only going to get better as we get more books. I uh, definitely agree with that. 
which there's a new book coming out later this month. Yay! I definitely, I actually really do like Rangers. I think they're very fun to play. Uh, you get to kind of stake out the enemy, figure out what's what they have in their group, and figure out their weaknesses, their strengths. You get to tell your whole party about that. Basically, get to play spy. This is why they should have been named Scout. <laughs> Fight me. I'm not fighting you. I will lose. He'll lose, Beth. In any competition. I'm sorry. I'm just very aggro tonight. <laughs> but what I was also going to say is I think uh, Rangers is one of those classes that is is both interesting for a player, but also fun for a GM to make into an NPC. As something like uh, a mercenary that the group can hire or just somebody to help them through the woods. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a lot of fun. Very, very cool. So as we did allude to just a few moments ago, there are a couple of products that are coming out this month that I wanted to just briefly touch on. For me, I wanted to talk about Extinction Curse. Now, have either one of you heard of it? The new adventure path that's coming out this month. Mm -mm. So, really, really excited. The artwork for it looks amazing. The first book is called The Show Must Go On. And it includes rules for you to run a circus. What? Yes. The player's guide is already out now. 100% download it for the art. It's really fantastic. It was a little shorter than I feel a lot of the player's guides tend to be. I usually expect like about 12 pages and this one was only eight, but I didn't really feel like it was lacking on content. Like it still had quite a bit in it, including backgrounds for the uh, adventure. I like that part of the blurb says the adventure also includes advice on how to run a traveling circus. Like, you can apply that to your real life. No. (laughs) That's not what that means. Good try, but no. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me when I read it. Just like, you know, in case you were wondering about how to run a traveling circus, you can play this Pathfinder AP. I'm positive that's not what it means, but good try. Okay. Did you notice that there's a goblin on the cover of the book? That's what I was going to mention. Yes. (laughs) The uh, goblin alchemist, specifically the iconic Fumbus, has some fiery rings he's tossing around. It's because goblins are the best for everything. I was going to say, they're acknowledging the best race. Ancestry. Sure. Ancestry. Yeah. It's... It looks to be a lot of fun. My husband is pushing me pretty hard to run it, so I may have to sayonara the podcast. Okay. <laughs> no. I'll probably run this, or I, I plan on running this uh, for one of my weekly So I'll report back on what I think of it once we've done the first book. So, you know, in six months. Please do. It takes us that long to get through <laughs> the first book of an AP. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the other item coming out this month is Gods and Magic. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. So this is one of their thinner books, kind of like uh, one of their setting guides. Uh, so it's 128 pages, so not super thin, but it looks fantastic. Anything that gives me setting information. I'm all over. I think they talked about like a hundred, over a hundred gods are detailed in this book. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, do they have full write-ups? No. But uh, it does list that many. And that's not even all of them, by the way. What? Because you have different societies or different countries. So you have like Zianta, which is sort of the East Asian allegory in Pathfinder. Uh, so you have their uh, pantheon. You have the Mwangi Expanse, uh, which is uh, like jungle setting. 
uh, their subset of deities. So you have all these different cultures, as well as what we would call the primary uh, set, which is from the inner sea. Sorry, I apologize. The inner sea region deities. If you haven't seen the cover of it, the cover alone is worth it. It talks about the three deities that have ascended as mortals to gods. I will stand Caden Kalen forever. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> I think we mentioned uh, the other two in our most recent episode of uh, the Adventure Path, but yeah, it's it looks really good. That is a beautiful piece of art. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Uh, pre-order is obviously now. Uh, stuff will be up on Archives of Nethys shortly after. I don't think they've announced a timetable as of yet uh but the pdf will be available to buy as well it's really exciting sorry i'm still marveling at the art (laughs) that's it's such good art their artists are very very good Mm -hmm. i think the cover was done by wayne reynolds who is the person who does a lot of their cover art, not all of their art within the books, just because that's way too much for one person. But he does a lot of their iconics design. He does a lot of the cover art, if not all of it. So uh, I don't know if he did Gods and Magic, but it's pretty. I'm just excited to like, get some deity drama in there. Mm-hmm. I always loved reading about Greek and Roman pantheons and stuff. Yeah. So, Oh man, there's some juicy stuff. That's what I'm looking forward to. You'll, you'll get to read about uh, why Sunny and Firethorn, I think, click so well. Some divine intervention. A little bit. Or divine mirror. Not intervention, maybe like mirroring. Something. That should be in there a little bit. So, pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Dang it, now I'm going to have to buy it. <laughs> Here I am, making you spend money. Yep. The PDF, I think, is only 20 bucks. Doing it. Mm-hmm. The PDF is $25. The hardcover is $35. I wanted to end today's episode with a bit of an off-topic sort of conversation. And that is, I wanted you guys to share with the rest of us a piece of media or content that you've consumed within the last month, why you like it, what's your favorite part about it, and then also what's your least favorite or biggest criticism of that piece of media. Uh, For an example, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I have played a lot of Final Fantasy XIV lately. Which is a MMO, for those of you guys who don't know. The story content is very, very good. The graphics are very good. For any of you who heard about it when it first came out in like 2014, it was garbage. It was very, very bad. They did a complete rework of it. They call it now uh, Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. Uh, Because, like I said, they redid the whole game pretty much. And it's fantastic. I played through the base content like a year ago, maybe even a year and a half ago. And now uh, I just resubbed last month and have been going through the expansion content. I really, really like it. So for my favorite piece, and this is going to tell you that I am a 12-year-old inside, the dungeon content are called duties. (laughs) I'm not joking. Okay. They're called duties. And so... I I understand. I end my (laughs) night every day by doing a duty. Yeah. And you get mad at me. (laughs) I'm just saying. There's some double standards going on. Yeah, maybe a little bit. GMs are allowed to be a little bit. Every night I do a duty and it is great. Exactly. (laughs) It just feels really good to be able to release some stress. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, My criticism 
would be that I feel like there's a lot of back and forth between quests. So like you'll go and talk to one person and then you'll go talk to another person and then you immediately have to go back to the first person. And I kind of just wish that I could drag that first person with me and like, all right, just come with me to talk to the second person. <laughs> I don't like all of the back and forth, but it does improve with uh, expansion content. Um, if you like reading entire paragraphs of of text this one doesn't really do that like world of warcraft would give you a quest and you'd read the whole thing no it's more of like a conversation so it's really cool i really like it and if you want to hear any more about it you can hit me up on twitter all right chad what's your piece of media you want to share with us well, for me, I have recently, I just played uh, a demo for Dragon Quest uh, Eleven on the Switch, uh, and it's a fun little RPG, Japanese RPG. It is, of course, a little monster fighter. You get a character with a sword and shield and all that, uh, and you can cast magic. Uh, it's a fun little thing. The story's interesting. Some of the cinematics are really nice and pretty. Uh, I have no idea what you're doing in the battles, but uh, yeah, I'm still <laughs> winning somehow. So I mean, the the battles are fun and flashy, and that's that's nice. The one thing I do have to actually really complain about it, though, is <laughs> if you are playing this in with English uh, English voices on voiceovers. Oh my god, those voices, they are so terrible. Even just in the demo, you listen to, like, the main character's best friend, and I am just sitting there going, oh my god, what have I done? I will delete this demo so fast. Oh my god! You think it's just that one character, and then... You no longer see that character for a while. <laughs> and then you meet another character that somehow made it worse. Oh my, it was so awful. Can you choose to play it with subs instead? So one of my friends told me you can just turn the voices off and have just like regular game noises in there. And that's fine, but I'm pushing myself to finish this grueling task of listening to these voiceovers. I have to. Once I've started it, I have to finish it. <laughs> that's a that's a weird sunk cost fallacy really there, Chad. Is <laughs> um so it's that part is just awful. But the rest of the game is actually quite entertaining. Awesome. What about you, Sarah? I know that The Witcher uh, is like really big right now because Netflix just put out their TV show. Uh, but I am usually one of those people who's like, mm, I should read the book before I watch the TV show. Mm. Um, so like, I don't know what, you know, if that's good or bad for me, but I'm about 60 pages into The Last Wish and it's pretty good so far. It's it's just a little confusing until you figure out how the chapters and the timelines line up with each other uh which i think is my biggest criticism that in that it's it's one of those books where they'll just say stuff like you're supposed to know what it is Mm -hmm. and then like they won't explain what it actually is until like 20 pages later (laughs) useful yeah yeah so like you might end up googling a lot of things before you just get to the description in the book. I will say that my husband and I binged the entire show. We started at like 7 p.m. and didn't get to bed until like 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally worth it. Absolutely loved it. But we also had that complaint with the TV show, hmm. where the timeline, we were a bit confused at times. Yeah. I mean, did you guys read the books or play the games, I guess? I've played the game. Yeah, I've played all three games. And you still found it confusing? Yes. Oof. Especially because I played the first two games. I don't think I finished two. I I know I didn't finish three yet. Uh, I just picked it up again. But two, I didn't finish because I didn't like it. Well, see, there there wasn't a, a shifting of timelines in the games. Because basically, no. it's just one continuous timeline. Yes. But at some point character essentially gets you know amnesia yeah 
so it, it, the games are a little different, but I didn't read the books at all. Now, I just got them on Audible. So I think while I'm writing up some documentation for work, I'm going to put them on and uh, listen to them while I'm doing mindless tasks. So kind of excited for it. You made me want to read them, Sarah. I do what I can. <laughs> you did it. So on that note, I kind of did this exercise because we are a piece of media that you, our listener, consumes. And I want your feedback. I want to know what you like, what we do that's super awesome. But I also want to know how you would like to see us improve. Because being critical of the media you consume is important. Or at least is important to me. So I want to know what you all think. You can do that by reaching out to us on social media, all that. Or if you want to leave us a review on social media platforms, you can do that as well. If you want to do a more direct approach, I would recommend email at dicedontdiepod at gmail.com. That's probably if you want a more lengthy, in-depth criticism, that's where I would send it. But of course, me personally, as a GM, if you want to reach out to me, I'm on Twitter. I think I mentioned that earlier. If you want to at me, tell me my takes are bad, come to Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's the place to tell me my takes are bad. Yeah, or mine. Tell me how much you hate my bad jokes. Oh, please. <laughs> please tell her that. I don't think I'm on Twitter, so... Wow, Chad, get with the times. No, I'm a stay old man. Just tweet at the Dice Don't Die Twitter account, and we'll make sure Chad sees it. Yes. There we go. I will appreciate all the negative comments towards me. Or positive. You never know. Oh, come on now. <laughs> all of the links to all of our social media and stuff will be in the description of the episode. So yeah, that's our Ranger episode. Chad, you want to take us out? Sure. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, guys. Uh, please remember to try to just create a character without using third-party software. <laughs> the uh, it shouldn't take you that long. In fact, you could try creating your very own ranger. You know, they're pretty awesome. Uh, and with that note, I think we'll see you all next time on Dice Don't Die. And remember, Dice Don't Die. But PCs do. Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dice Don't Die. Or email us at Dice Don't Die Pod at gmail.com. The intro and outro song, Crunk Night, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work, and the work of many others, can be found royalty-free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.